Welcome to the Easter Vigil Mass. This evening, as you know, we are celebrating a liturgy, a church ritual that goes back almost 2,000 years to the very beginning of the Catholic Church. The night before Easter morning was always the time when those who wanted to become members of the church, they presented themselves after preparation for baptism. And since by this sacrament, they were to receive their new spiritual life, the celebration of Jesus's risen life, Easter, and the vigil of the resurrection seemed to be the most appropriate time. Tonight, in that same tradition, we welcome 14 people, six of whom will receive all three sacraments of initiation, baptism, confirmation, and Eucharist. Four who are already baptized will be confirmed and receive First Holy Communion as full members of the church. And then four who are baptized Catholics will be completing their initiation by receiving the sacrament of confirmation. Let us warmly welcome all of them. Welcome. What we do tonight, as has been done for centuries, consists of three distinct parts. The readings that explain what's happening, the actual sacramental action, particularly baptism, and then the third is the renewal on the part of all of us of our own baptismal commitment. And at the heart of the, of the celebration this evening is the resurrection of Jesus. Our Lord, after his crucifixion, death, and burial, rose triumphant from the dead. He broke the chains of death. Jesus lives, and he shares his risen life with us. At this vigil tonight, we celebrate Jesus' risen life and our share in that new life by our own baptism. In baptism, each one of us receives the great gift of God's Holy Spirit, the beginning of our own personal spiritual life, our spiritual journey, and the promise of eternal life. Jesus is risen. He has conquered death. And he offers all of us, you and me, all of us, in every generation, a share in his risen life. And baptism is the way in which we enter that new spiritual life. And to help us, to help us in our experience of this extraordinary spiritual reality, this new life in the church, the church uses visible signs, things that we can see and hear and touch to see beyond that physical into something altogether spiritual. 
As we began the Easter Vigil tonight, the church was dark, deliberately. And as we entered into this church in a darkness that symbolized our life without the light of Christ to guide us, we gradually, as the Paschal candle representing Christ, the light of the world, made its way down that center aisle, each of us received light. And pretty soon, the darkness began to dissipate. And we could begin, at least in part, to see. And then finally, we reached that point in the liturgy where all the lights in this magnificent church were turned on. And the fullness of where we are it became very visible. This use of light tonight is an outward visible sign of the mystery of the new life, our developing spiritual life. In the light of Christ, through the lens of faith that all of us are renewing this evening, we can see so much more. It begins dimly, but the stronger our faith, the more clearly we see. And tonight, the whole liturgy speaks to us of how we experience the fullness, the fullness of God's mercy, the fullness of God's life, and how, with the eyes of faith, we actually begin to recognize what is happening to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Tonight, we began with the readings that explain what's happening. Here, here is the story of the new creation coming to be in our world and in each one of us. The language of new creation may sound rather dramatic. It may sound like overreach, and yet that's what baptism is all about as we listen to those prayers, especially when we listened to that reading of the letter to the Romans. This is how sacred scripture, this is how the word of God describes what's taking place tonight. We can't see this extraordinary change because it's spiritual. But because we can't see it, does not mean it's not underway. Our faith, and seeing with the eyes of faith, through the lens of faith, we recognize what's happening. All the readings we have listened to this evening describe for us how it is that we become a part of this new creation. In the book of Genesis, we read, first God created everything, and it was good. Tonight, we remember that out of his loving kindness, God brought everything into existence. And if he could do that once, at the beginning, then he can do it all over again in each one of us through the power of Christ's life, the Holy Spirit. And in the second reading, we were reminded that just as God chose his people, and he brought them out of Egypt. We read in the book of Exodus, so he can lead all of us out of darkness into light, into a whole new way 
of seeing reality, a world of light and truth and goodness and love and peace and kindness. This time, God's presence would not be found in flashes of lightning or a pillar of cloud. It wouldn't be something outside us. This time, that presence of God, that transforming presence of God, would be from within us. God's spirit that we receive in baptism. The words of the prophet Ezekiel that we listen to in the next reading are being fulfilled in each one of us. I will sprinkle clean water on you and cleanse you. I will give you a new heart and place a new spirit in you. I will put my spirit in you, says the Lord God. This spirit within us that we experience is God's quiet voice, our conscience, and how we know right from wrong, and how we know when we are on that pathway that leads us to God. And then the prophet repeats the Lord saying, and he's saying it to us tonight, you will be my people and I will be your God. In a world so caught up necessarily in the here and now, and driven by all the immediacy of the demands of today, a world focused on the material and the temporal, we're called to recognize that we also have a spiritual dimension, a spiritual side to us, and that there exists the possibility of a personal relationship with God. Through the power of the Spirit, we are God's children. And after listening to everything that's about to happen to us, we now celebrate the second part of this ritual, the actual sacraments, the sacraments of initiation into the church. And by baptism, we're introduced into the body of Christ. This isn't just language. It's the spiritual reality. The water washes away original sin, brings us the gift of the Holy Spirit, and invites us into the body of Christ, his church. St. Paul says God sent his spirit, the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out so that we could cry out, Abba, Father. We're no longer a slave, a servant, but a child. And Paul goes on to say, if you're a child, you're also an heir, an heir to everything that God promises us in Christ. And in confirmation, we receive the outpouring of the gifts of the Holy Spirit to strengthen this new life within us that can be so fragile in a world in which we face all forms of peer pressure, the power of political correctness, the persuasion of some social media urging us to live in a different way. And the outpouring of the Spirit in confirmation says, stay on the path of Christ. And finally, in the Eucharist, we celebrate the mystery of the death and the resurrection of Christ in a sacramental way that allows us, all of us here in this church, to actually become a part of the reality, a member of the new creation. Here at Mass, in Holy Communion, 
the bonds of time, space, and history dissolve. The Jesus who died and rose, the paschal mystery of his death and resurrection are made present to all of us in this church. The confines of centuries simply disappear. When the church celebrates the Eucharist, which we will do this evening, the central event of our salvation becomes really and truly present. And the work of our redemption is carried out. My brothers and sisters, we are here at the altar for this Eucharist because Jesus is with us now. And tonight, in the profession of faith that we're all going to be asked to make, and you in your confirmation, and you in your baptism, you in your reception of the Eucharist, will complete your pilgrimage that brings you into the church. And we too, we too will join you in the third and final part of this vigil tonight. We will renew our baptismal promises. We will simply renew that pledge of our identity, who we are as children of God. I want all of us to remember how the dim light of this church, that candlelight as we came into this church, gave way to the brightness of light fully turned on. Remember that scene and let it speak to each of us of how the doubt and uncertainty of our life gives way through faith to a light and a clarity. Walking every day more fully in the light of Christ, we can see so much more what our spiritual life is all about. Tonight then, the words, Christ is risen. Christ is truly risen. Alleluia, alleluia. Take on significance for all of us, but especially for you who will be completing your journey that brings you into the fullness of Christ's body on earth. Tonight, not only is Christ risen, but as a result of these sacraments that all of us will have received by the end of this evening, we're risen with him and we share in his new life. And so we can say, Alleluia, Alleluia. Praise the Lord. Christ is risen, and he's risen in each one of us because of baptism, because of that new life. Christ is risen. Christ is truly risen, to which we simply say, Alleluia.